well, I get comments uh, online all the time. Something like, I would, but then saying, am I allowed to say that? Or, or am I going to hell? It plays into the infantilization of people with disabilities. But in reality, I mean, at, at least I'm I'm quite durable. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear that, fellas? She's durable. If you ask her, do you need something? She's gonna be like, "I need to get laid." I need <laughs> to get. I need to get real. Um, yeah, honestly, honestly, guys, if you're listening to this, green okay. light, I, I will be more than okay. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, Fan Whore Nation? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Coming to you from deep inside my Toyota Camry, parked in my dad's driveway. He and my sister do not need to hear this intro, nor do I need them to hear it either. It's 10 p.m. Tuesday night. I lollygagged and gagging on this mic for you, and, well, this is where I'm at. I should have gotten my shit together and recorded this yesterday. Oh, well. Hello! Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. This is a podcast where I host sex-positive conversations every week for you. This week on the podcast, I have got on stand-up comedian Tina Frimmel. And I'm very excited to share that conversation with you about disability, sexuality, play parties, and more in just a little bit. But first, December 1st, the Naked Comedy Show. It is back, babies. Coming to you at the Hacienda Studio in Bushwick. Tickets are now finally on sale. There's a ticket link at the top of the notes so you can get yours. Uh, We've got 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows, two different lineups. Buy tickets to both. Come hang out all night. BYOB, take your pants off if you want to. As always, it's nudity optional in the audience. But when we say naked comedy, yeah, I mean, that's what we mean. It's... It's Naked Comedy. If you want to go see the Underwear Comedy Show, that's Alicia Hush's show, Easy Lover, different show. This is the Naked Show. And we're going to be back, final show of the year, December 1st. Y'all haven't heard this sense out of me in a while, but uh, I did visit a glory hole. I did. I Well, again, as many of you know. I also visited a neighborhood I've only been to when I've fallen asleep on the L train uh, in, in my early 20s, and I wake up kind of drunk uh, at, at the end of the line in Canarsie. Yeah. nor I've never really gone to Canarsie, Brooklyn on purpose. Canarsie's a place I end up by accident, wake up panicked, and, and hope the Uber gets there quickly. Uh, no, no, no. This time I went I went there on purpose. I, like, I put in directions into ways, and I drove myself into Canarsie. Because I answered an ad uh, for a glory hole on Reddit. It'd been a while. Why not? I know I've talked for uh, quite a few months. You know, a lot of this year I've gone in and out of um, discussing libido and and my sex drive. And I don't know what it is I want uh, sexually these days and how I think my cock might be on strike. Like, I'm, I'm not retiring my dick, but I think my dick is protesting. But instead of like asking for higher wages, it's asking for, uh, you know, love and connection. I saw an ad pop up on Reddit, as I uh, historically have. And, and this was a, a different than usual because 
So, you know, it's a woman saying, hey, I'm opening my glory hole again. Please don't try to talk to me or touch me. Respect that I'm a married woman. Respect that I'm a married woman. Don't touch me. Just put your dick in my mouth. And I like to think of myself as a respectful guy. I followed the instructions in her ad. I didn't say, hey, first, guys, stop opening when you apply to an ad as someone who receives some of your replies when, I, when I've arranged group stuff in the past. You don't open with, hey, wait for a response, and then follow instructions. Some guys will go, well, I wanted to make sure you were real first. Don't. Just fuck. Apply or don't. Follow the instructions or just don't. First message, you follow the format you are given if you are given a format for an answer. Anyways, and unlike most of the posts, this is, this is not the most usual, but she would include a verification. Verification in Reddit terms is like you're, you have a picture of yourself. In this case, it wasn't with her face, but like she's got her titties out and her body, but she's holding a piece of paper and it says the date. It says her username. It says the, uh, I, th- I think it says something about glory hole. It's just a way to be like, Hey, this is clearly me today. And unlike most glory hole posts, I'm seeing uh, quite a big pair of boobies up front to advertise it. A lot of times a glory hole is, is a thing where, you know, it, it's a board or a curtain and you, there's a hole cut out and you put your penis inside of it and then you pretend it's a woman. It's usually how they operate. Not everyone can be so lucky like me. So it was interesting. I was like, okay, well, like I know what kind of body she got. And it's, it's nice to have like some confirmation I'm dealing with the lady. So I, I go out there, I drive out to Canarsie and we're texting and driving. Don't judge me, but I'm texting and driving and I'm getting like really excited and I, I haven't been really sexting much. I haven't been fucking much. I haven't really, I've really disengaged from almost all of my sexual partners. I've like truly not wanted to do much sexually. This was really me. I think I'm, I think I was like trying to test my dick out. See, see if my dick still got it. And by got it, I mean like can have a good time. I think I am over the breakup where I'm no longer the lame friend you invite out who's still being sad about the breakup. But I think my dick still is. I think my dick goes to a party and it's still kind of being like, oh, I miss well and a lady. But this woman is texting me. She's telling me how much of a slut she wants to feel like. You know, she's like, well, do you think it's slutty that I'm a married woman with a glory hole? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, I'm asking her dirty questions like, how many have you had today? How many? Is this the most you've had in a day? Yeah. Uh, apparently, I was number five. And I'm like, I'm actually starting to feel a tingle and jingle, which is nice. It's nice to, to feel something down there again. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, okay, great. And then like I'm, I'm pulling up and I'm turning a corner and I pull into this driveway. I follow the instructions. She gives me the address and I pull into the driveway and it says, go into the driveway and go in the, in the back. You make a right, go down the stairs and there's a door and you go in that door. Well, I, I get out, I go down the stairs. I unzip my fly. It's very cold outside. I try to give myself a few pumps. I don't think I'm going to get instantly presentable, but you know, we could get at least start to get the blood flow circulating again. And um, I go to open the door and it's locked. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe I jumped the gun. Maybe she, she mistimed when I was going to pull in. Okay. So I'm like, Hey, here. She's like, yeah, go around back. I'm like, I'm around back. The door's locked. And I, I'm still kind of tugging my dick outside of this stranger's home probably for like a full three to four minutes. And anyone who's ever gotten on a stage knows that three minutes where you're not crushing it, it's a very long amount of time. And then I get a message that says, 
oh no, it's actually this number. She's like, oh my bad, I'm across the street. You're bad, you're across the street? My fight or flight response is in full fucking mode. I am so scared I'm about to get caught with my dick out in the, someone's backyard who did not invite me to go into their backyard with my dick out. Holy shit. Also, my car is in the driveway. Like, I'm so... Spoiler alert, I did not get caught, but oh my gosh. I've got I've to get myself put back together. I got to get back to the car and I got to get the fuck out of this driveway. You know, so I'm pulling out. I'm trying to, you know, I back up so I can go into like her driveway, whatever. And as I'm pulling up, I see her address, you know, the place across the street. And like these three or four like grown ass women that, you know, kind of look like they would be like her mom or her aunt's ages. And uh, they look like they're going out to something. But they're also kind of like hanging around outside of the building. And again, my instructions are kind of walk down the driveway and then go around back. I, I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not trying to just like walk back there and they'd be like, oh, excuse me, man. How, why, why'd you go back there? And I'm like, I, 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 there's a glory hole I heard. I don't know if y'all want to know. What am I supposed to say to that, by the way? Because I don't, I don't know the woman's name. What am I supposed to say? Oh, yeah, I'm here to visit. I don't fucking know. I'm supposed to visit this mar- your married niece or daughter or whoever she is to you. They're just kind of standing out there. Then I say, hey, like, I think you have like aunts or something who are hanging out around outside. What am I supposed to do? She's like, it's okay. Just come back here. It is so difficult for me to trust this instruction. I am a strange white man in Canarsie about to walk into a second unknown driveway. For the hopes of a blowjob that at this point, like my body is not like I am not physically excited anymore. At this point, we're if I can interject to myself, when you have an instinct to leave, when you I don't have an instinct to leave like this is a scam, but like I you know, I'm having, if you have an instinct that you need to leave a stranger place situation, go ahead and leave. It's okay. You're not a failure. You're not a wimp. Trust your instincts because it's not going to be fun and sexy if you don't feel safe. I felt safe. I just felt uncomfortable. But like, I just want to, in this point of the story, remind you that you can leave things whenever you want. And that's okay. It is nice when you give them a heads up because in case it was like a real thing, it was just kind of weird. It's nice. So they don't, they don't like, she's not like on her knees for an unknown amount of period of time waiting for you to come into the door that she is now left unlocked. Right. You say, Hey, this is feeling weird. Going to cancel. Going to go Bye. You don't have to explain yourself, but it's, it's the courteous thing to do. Anyways, instincts not saying don't go, but my body is certainly not turned on. I go down the driveway. I can hear some more adult lady on like the first floor kind of above my head on a window. So I'm also kind of crouching under a window going down an unknown driveway in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And sure enough, I go down the stairs and the door is unlocked. The instructions were to come inside and say, I'm home, slut. But I don't want to say it as loudly as I originally planned because now I know there's a lady upstairs who could probably hear it. So I'm like, I'm home, slut. I hope this is loud enough. And I see the curtain and stick my dick in and it is not. I think my dick was as small as it can be without starting to shrivel inside of itself. You know, like circumcised dudes, like when when you start to look like you are uncircumcised. I was that close to that. That's how. Oh, and by the way, I could hear her TV, which is playing some sort of like trashy you know, reality talk, something sort of Jerry Springer-esque talk show. 
So it's like now I'm getting my dick sucked while I hear a mother be disappointed in her daughter who's being too slutty. Wait, actually, that might have been kind of the point. Wow. I just put that together right now. Anyways, I don't even want to say I got a blowjob as much as my penis was in someone's mouth until I ejaculated because that is as clinical as the whole thing felt. And I don't know, maybe my uh, getting my dick sucked at anonymous impulsive glory holes, maybe that's finally behind me. Is that a sign of growing up? Possibly. When I started doing this podcast almost a decade ago, interviewing women I'd hooked up with about why we didn't work out, a lot of people would sometimes ask, or sometimes women on dates would wonder if if they were on a date with me uh, because I was there for content. Am I having all these crazy sexual encounters for content so I have something to talk about on the podcast? And the answer has always been no, because I, I was doing this stuff already. I, I sincerely enjoyed doing this shit. And, and this is one of the, I don't know, I'm not going to say the first time ever, just it was just a really notable time where I'm like, there was once a time where this would have me rock hard. And I'm just kind of like, ugh, meh. Meh. I could have saved gas money and jerked off at home. Which also would have been meh. Because really what I want is, you know, be on a date and have connection. And um, and that that just became a little bit more clear. So that is that story. Uh, before I get to my guest this week, Tina Frimmel, it's time for the fan whore appreciation moment, okay? This is a part of the podcast where I have to give a shout out to one of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon, Malik Gale. Thank you so much for supporting the Man Whore Podcast with not only your downloads, but also your dollars. They help keep a roof over my head and gas in my car to drive to Canarsie for a a mid-level blowjob that maybe I didn't need in the first place. And if for any reason that slutty wife is listening to this podcast right now, I'm sure you are a wonderful, slutty, beautiful cocksucker, exactly how you want to be. And just, you know what? I was not in the headspace, and that, that's on me. You're great. This is my problem. Don't worry about it. You are wonderful. But I want to thank Malik Gale for your Patreon membership, and you too can support me and my work on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Pay for an annual membership all up front. I'll give you a discount. Give me a cash infusion in my pocket as we head up to the holidays at patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Tina Frimmel is a very funny stand-up comedian. Uh, She's shot with Comedy Central. You've probably seen her clips on TikTok and Reels. And I mean, it's not my place to break any sort of news. I'm just, but you know, she's going to be on something pretty big in a few days. A rising star in the comedy world and a nationally touring headliner. She also has cerebral palsy. I didn't have her on to talk about having cerebral palsy. She recently went through a breakup. I had her on to talk about the breakup, but just naturally the way she experiences sex and dating is heavily influenced by her CP. Uh, We've also got a bonus episode with Tina coming out exclusively on Patreon tomorrow. But yeah, Tina and I, I think we record for like, over an hour and a half. It was crazy. We could have kept going uh, forever. Who knows? Maybe you'll you'll hear her back on here again sometime. Slight audio note. Uh, you're going to hear, especially later in the episode, some mic slide noises. Uh, it's, you know, a little something like that. I, I assume the CP maybe has a little something to do with the 
the regular motion of holding the microphone in their hands or whatever. And this is the type of mics that I got. What I'm trying to say is if you can't tolerate that occasional sound, you're ableist. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, had a great time with this one. Uh, let's go chat with Tina Frimmel. I made a joke that I say on stage it was like I'm single now. I'm back on the streets. Literally because I lived with him. <laughs> I... <laughs> Well, I'm glad you like yeah. found a place to live yeah. since that. Oh, I did. Yeah, it, it it really worked. Like that was the moment when I found that place. My my friend had that room open. Mm. Was I I realized like this might be okay. Mm. I might be okay. <laughs> like maybe I made the right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Made the right decision to break up. Well, you know, more more just, I, I felt like I was pulling the rug out from myself. Mm. I think like we all do. And um, that con- that back and forth mind circling of, am I completely self-sabotaging? Am I fucking up? You do kind of need a little boost from the universe, I think, to to a little something out there to just say, hey, we got you. <laughs> it's okay. You're gonna be. You're gonna be okay. You know. You, you thought you were questioning whether or not, like, you were questioning if breaking up with him was you fucking up. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think just you know. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, because I I never really had like a proper breakup before, so I I didn't know where to draw the line. I I, I didn't know what a breakup was supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I thought, wait, what if I miss him? Is that supposed? You know, like. I, but I miss him a lot. Um, should should I reach out? I, like, do do I? What do I do? <laughs> what are the rules of what breaking are the up? Rules? Yeah, what are the rules? Are we like when 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 is it okay to reach out? When is it not okay to reach out? And I fumbled a little bit here and there. Um, I I did reach out at one point when I regret it because just i mean we're both trying to move on yeah you also like any relationship so it's just kind of um you know i i for having it be kind of my first breakup i i i did the best i could (laughs) and um and you know I, i i think i relatively except for like a hiccup here and there and, and just, you know, a lot of hard days and a lot of good days. And mm. I'm here I am just describing like a normal break. That that was the one thing that the more that I talked to friends about how I felt and uh listened to music <laughs> and you're getting, you're getting your rules of breaking up, like, from Taylor? Yeah, I know. Like, well, a friend of mine said the most uh, uh, eye-opening thing, which made me laugh, actually. She, she like, Tina, 
Because I was describing this turmoil that I felt, this back and forth and good days and bad days and regret and anger um, at me and anger at him and all. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, and my friend said, Tina, put on any radio ever. Like, th- this is the most universal feeling, more than love, mm-hmm. arguably. The most universal experience. Look at all the incredible, like, breakups, heartbreak songs. Yeah. They're out there. And it sounds cheesy, but that actually works. Yeah. Like, I really delve into it. And, um, and you know, I, I think that, that humanity of, oh, <laughs> Not only am I not alone, <laughs> not only am I kind of in my own personal hell circle, I'm I'm quite literally, this is just being a person. Yeah. No. Like 25% of all music is about like, I was in love and now we're broken up. And another yeah. 25% is about like falling in love and. Think another twenty five percent is about sex, and the rest of it's not like <laughs> I hate my dad, <laughs> and that's just punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, um, I because uh, I work often at the comedy cellar. Yeah, and um, uh, right, right after within the uh, the first couple weeks, I was still reeling, and um, I I had mentioned kind of my general situation to a comic and. And that I was uh, coming out of a breakup, and um, he said, "Congratulations, <laughs> your comedy is about to be so good, so good." And and he he clarified. He, he said, "Not not even that it will be about the breakup. It it might not, but it will. When people are in turmoil, they lean into their art, and they and they." And they it's so ironic, but yeah. they get more creative. They yeah. get funnier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I got funnier last year after the breakup, but like I did, <laughs> I did start taking my clothes off on stage. Uh, so I don't know I what mean, that means. Get, it, but I love it. It, it, it manifests <laughs> in so many ways. It's uh, so it's a good time to say I'm here right now with a uh, comedian Tina Frimmel. Uh, you, you may have seen her clips online. She's a, a big old viral comedian, uh, super funny, and uh, you know, thanks for coming through. Yeah. And apparently, heartbroken. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, every, every day is a, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. you know, when uh, in the DMs yeah. when you were like, um, you know, I was so you were, you were if I if I it's okay to say it's like you were concerned doing the naked comedy show. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you're like, sorry, I couldn't do it. It's just like I'm going through this breakup, it's really tough. And then I'm like, well, if you won't don't wanna if you don't want to bury your body, you wanna bury your heart and soul on my podcast. <laughs> bury my soul. Yeah, no, well, I mean more more than that, I, I think I just wanted to I wanted to meet you because I'd heard about the naked comedy show. Yeah. One my very good friend Chloe did has mm-hmm. done it twice and um and I know it's just kinda famous. There there is a infamous. Um <laughs> um and I mean but it's such like I, I know I was saying this to my roommate actually, how it's so fun and funny how the people that you that you end up getting on it are you 
are not the people you would expect nope. to do it. <laughs> you know, they're and, and they're they're just like really. They did it. You know, you you think like, oh yeah, that sounds a lot of fun. I can think of you know the raunchiest comics. I know that they're very sex positive, mm-hmm. but then no, you get just like oh, Nat Towson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's you from exactly. the Tonight Show in the suit and tie. Nat exactly. Sure. <laughs> you would never, and I think you know I. Well, I, I, th- I think it paints a, a bigger picture of just, oh, this is just really, really fucking fun. Yeah. Like, this is, it's real, like, it's not that serious. I, I know that when I was wanting to do it, I, mm-hmm. I knew it, and I was telling people, like, I totally, Transparently, I will. I will need to be like three drinks in to do it. <laughs> like, give me three Chardonnays and like, there we go. We'll we'll get some. I'll bring some white wine back. We'll do, <laughs> when you do it, that will be that that month. There will be a white wine night instead of whiskey. What uh? What about the Naked Comedy Show intrigues you? Like, what is it about that? Like, your when we get yeah. to your three Chardonnays, what is it about that it makes you say like, I want to do that? You know, a, a few things. So, in the past year, I I got really, um, I I, got, I had kind of a self renaissance, okay. um, and I, um. I think it kind of began actually when I got on feels that I feels. Okay. Yeah. This is before or after the breakup. Oh, before, this is you were before. Also, is that yeah. I guess where you um, is that I guess where you met that guy? No, actually, we we okay. met, we knew each other in person. So you were already on field. So you're already yeah. exposing yourself to well, some stuff. I actually uh, it was so funny because um we knew each other and uh and at one point um the topic of dating apps got brought up and um i mentioned like oh I'm not, yeah i'm on this app called field and i didn't know that he not only knew what that was but he you know i i can't remember if he had ever done it or not he he, he definitely done it i promise he was, he was like <laughs> really <laughs> it was just that uh that like is that so? <laughs> like, so he's surprised that you're on field. Yeah. Specifically. But, you know, in his defense, I, I was too, I kind of, I got on fields. Uh, a friend recommended it to me, um, who was trying to kind of get over her last breakup. And, mm-hmm. and she had met some just really just cool people on mm-hmm. there and had great experiences on there. And, um, but she didn't tell me that it was, you know, kink polyamory, all the colors of the rainbow app. And, um, at the time I was just not really in, into, you know, I was open-minded, but I was not like part of that scene. Mm-hmm. I didn't identify at all with that. And, um, I, once it got on there, the whole thing was a joke okay. for for a while. Sure. I was just like I couldn't because here are all these people 
that are so communicative about what they're into and what they're looking for. And it was so kind of out of the social norm that I, I, I just thought was funny, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and intriguing and kind of this like curiosity, um, like being a fly on the wall almost, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't even analyzing like. The, if I were to be the, this opener, what would I say? Um, and I, I think that, you know, p- part of it is that um, because I'm disabled, there there is a huge mental block that I'm working through. That oh, I I can't be sexual. Mm. Like I, you know. That's that's not for me. Um, you always thought that. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, well, you know, Doctor. I did. <laughs> I. It, it all began actually. There was one time in school. Um, cause I got bullied in school, and um, there was one time on a school bus where one of the bullies I had, this guy, a boy, he looked over at me, like, in my scene, and he just said, like, uh, I bet you've never even kissed anyone. And I was, like, 15, okay. and I hadn't. And um, that, you know, even just that, that, that dig in particular, that kind of, like, you know, it, it was just that that reinforcement of your like love, sex, intimacy, affection. Your like, forget it. You mm. know that it, it's almost ridiculous. Surely you haven't even kissed right. anyone yet, and the fact it was true. No, I, I think that that. That really solidified, it burned something into my form, formulating brain that, oh, I'm not sexual. I, I, that is a part of life that, um, I do not belong in. You know, and, and I think it was more that, um, oh, no one would find me attractive. No, um, no one, you know, I'm so the opposite end of any kind of sexual thing. And sexuality, for a long time, I viewed as, um, a kind of an indulgence, Mm. um, a, a party that I just simply was not allowed to be in. And I, I think that it was only in the past year that I really kind of began to um, to challenge that. To indulge. To indulge. To indulge. And, um, you know, I had obviously experiences beyond uh, this year, but, but it was the first 
time in my life I really thought, what am I into, though? Mm-hmm. Like, and can I say that out loud? Can, can I actually show people that and be, like, do I have to even be mortified? Can I ask for that thing I know I want? Can I actually just ask for it? Yeah. Maybe I'll actually, maybe I'll get it if I ask for it. Exactly. Exactly. Which does, you know, goes beyond even anyone with a disability. That's just people in general, especially a lot of women. Just, it's just finding out like, oh, I I think I can actually ask for it. Oh yeah, Yeah. completely. And uh, I'm sure that there is that kind of cross sectionality of being uh, disabled and being a woman Mm. Um, that, you know, you're kind of low key taught. Don't be outwardly sexual don't you know um you you will alienate people basically if you do not only will people not want to uh, meet you there you will be making people really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. if you even say it yeah um and you know i i i think that it took this year i after I kind of got on field, I never even really met up with anyone on field, but mm. it just got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and and then I began to talk about it on stage, <laughs> and I I always been a comic that never really talked about anything sex related, like. Again, but I think that reason, like no one wants to hear it. Well, it makes I think, I think the I mean, and there's even elements of it. I think I've definitely I've experienced even in, in a non-sexual way. Where like today, where it's I think we see someone with a visual disability, and we don't think like, "Ooh, I want to fuck them." We th- I, like I think like, "Oh, I want to make sure they're okay. I want to take care exactly. of them." And so it, you know, so to think like. It's unco- it's almost uncomfortable to think of like how can I be sexual with someone who I should also make sure I'm being careful of. Yeah, um, well, but like there that intersects all the time. I mean, there's a story I, I think I was going to save for the monologue, but there's I remember an early hacienda, and uh, and then maybe we'll get to the parties in a little bit. But I do want to yeah. hear more about the um, the 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 exploration into indulgence. But I remember it was in the first like one or two years. It's probably 2014 or 2015. Um, I'm at hacienda. I'm in the basement and I, earlier I had seen there was a woman in a wheelchair. She's in this really hot red piece number uh, lingerie and, but she was in a wheelchair. She's on the first floor with like her partner. And later in the night, I'm in the basement level where they have like mattresses, like play spaces set up. And I see the guy is carrying her down the stairs and like a normal size guy. This is not like, and he's not like a Twinkie guy, but like, he's not big muscle dude. Like there's yeah. some dudes you look at and you'd be like, why aren't you carrying someone right now? You should be, car- you, if you're that big, you should always carry somebody. Uh-huh. There's someone around you who needs to be carried. Uh, no, this is a normal guy and he's carrying this woman down this, down these stairs. And then, and then he, and they're kind of steep and he gets there and then he has to go put her on one of the play space mattresses and he gets the, the puppy pads and he puts those out because she can't walk, but apparently she can squirt. Good for her. And (laughs) (laughs) and he lays those out and then he puts, sets her up and positions her. 
Then he has to do the whole sex stuff, and there's no shade to her, but he was doing a bit more of the heavy lifting of the fucking, which yeah. is fine. But like, so he's he's doing the caring, he's doing the setting up, and he's doing the fucking, and the he's pleasing production. her, doing the whole yeah. Then he's doing the cleanup, and then he picks her up and he carries this woman back up the stairs, uh, you know where where the chair was, and just there are dudes who just won't even eat pussy. <laughs> And I yeah. think, like, how de- if you're not willing to carry her yeah. up and down the stairs, you don't deserve pussy. <laughs> but I remember that. And that was the first time I saw yeah. someone who was yeah. so visually disabled, but also being sexual. Yeah. And it's actually, like, I mean. And hot. I mean, she was a, she was a babe. Well, yeah. I, I, and that, that's a lot, a lot of it is, you know, what if you're disabled and a babe? Yeah. What what's a, what's a disabled babe supposed to do? Right. Like, um, but yeah, well I and you actually brought up a really great point, which was um the the mental block that I have of being um not belonging in sexual spaces. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. It really is that there are people that look at me and see fragility. Mm. They see, oh, do you need anything? How can I take care of you? Yeah, surely, like, I I can't. Uh, Well, I get comments online all the time, just just like um, people being like, um, actually commenting, you know, something like I would or or like smash or you know something like that about me, but then saying, am I allowed to say that? Or, or, like, am I going to hell? What do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, and, and, you know, it, it plays into the infantilization of people with disability. Mm-hmm. And that I'm 29. You're not going to hell. What, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, it really is that kind of like, almost like, I don't want to break you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to do something that makes you sore or, or puts you in danger yeah. or, um, any, anything like that. And, um, but in reality, I mean, at, at least, I'm I'm quite durable. Okay. You know? <laughs> you, you hear that, fellas? She's durable. If you ask her if you need something, she's gonna be like, I need to get laid. I like, need <laughs> to get I need to get real. Um, yeah, honestly, honestly. Guys, if you're listening to this, yeah. Take this out of green okay. light. I, I will be more than okay. <laughs> Guys, you're not going to, if when you manhandle me, you're not going to make me more disabled. Like, it's no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to fuck me so hard you break. So it's okay. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not, not going to fuck me more. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is hilarious to say that, but, but, um, but that's the tension. That's the tension in people's heads. It's a reality of it. And, and, um, it is true that um, it's a case-by-case scenario. Um, and yet, whenever I think you're faced with a case-by-case scenario, mm. ask. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. Just ask. 
and and um, but I, I I think that that was just the kind of thing that that they didn't they look at me and they they don't see like oh I want to burn her they're not you know? sexualizing yeah you. you're like fucking object uh, objectify objectify me, me. <laughs> well and it, it sounds ridiculous but it's true that that for me it was a little bit like. I want to be a little bit objectified. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in these scenarios, and, but I think also there was the thing that people are not sure about consent. Mm -hmm. There, um, even though I am, you know, fully, fully capable of. You do stand up for an hour. Yeah, literally. Everything's working up here. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and yeah, you know, there is that, like, I don't know. I, I have had guys kind of admit to me, like, I, I, I just, I just simply don't know. I don't want to put myself in a position. Yeah. Where, where, um, you know, Consent is so important, mm -hmm. and it's so, and, and I I think not a lot of people are faced with with this, like well they're, they're disabled and and um, you know, with all all the assumptions that comes along, like oh she's disabled, has she had experience? Mm -hmm. Does she know what she's talking about? Um. Uh, can she say no if she wants to doing it? Yeah. Um, can she hold her own, basically? Yeah. Uh, and that that's really tricky to to navigate. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of like whenever I go to a bar and I get cut off at, before. Ordering one drink, <laughs> and, and, and then I'm like, you get that you get bartenders like I don't think I'm supposed to serve you anymore. All the time, all the time, <laughs> like literally once a month. Do so you have to carry like a laminated card to be like, no, it's just cerebral palsy. You know, my dad actually, yeah, <laughs> I swear. my dad actually wants me to carry a card in case I ever get pulled over. Yeah, saying like she's got cerebral palsy. I cannot. Would you like to do the field sobriety test? No, officer. I would not. I would not. No, no, no. Thank you. No, but exactly like um, that makes it so awkward when you are drunk driving. Uh, it's I so awkward. Oh, I do a story about not that I ever drunk drove. But well, as long as we're um, in the statute of limitations, she's never drunk driven. She's got to wait seven not, years to admit but that. But what? What? you When you out with in London? Um. And me and my friends went into a gay bar, okay. and um, uh, the bouncer stopped me and said, "You can't come in. You need to sober up." And I said, "Oh, you know, actually, I'm disabled." And the bouncer said, "You're literally holding a cup of wine, and you've got wine <laughs> all over your mouth." And I said. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <laughs> Fair. So, so, you know, with the concept of, like, the Naked Comedy Show, do you think there's an element of, like, exposing yourself f physically to an audience that, you know, maybe, like, do you think that, 
wanting to be sexualized, wanting to be objectified, wanting your body to not be seen as frail, but something that's that, you know, you can look at and want to play with or be turned on. But like, I guess I'm trying to figure out how I'm free. I keep running up to the question and not yeah. knowing how I'm finishing it. It's, do you think there's something about doing the comedy show that exposes you in a way that you want people to see you? A little bit. Okay. I, I I think I feel more that way with like the parties that have stand I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've never been to them, but, but I have been like dancing around the idea. And, and well, they're they're called play parties. They're sex parties, right? Yeah, but I I play party is like kind of a if you say play party, it will signify a little different visual to me than sex party okay. or like swinger party. Um, play you party should. is gonna I think be less creepy. I think it's gonna be more <laughs> consent driven. Yeah. I think it's gonna have more queerness and kink around. It's like kind of like. Like, so, it's not just everyone's actively having sex on top of each other. It is, like... (laughs) Only if they want to be. (laughs) It's more, like, sex sex and or sexual-oriented thing. Almost, like, sex is the theme and the activity and the... But... It's a wider variety of what you can do. I like the beginning of how you phrased that because it's like it. So the I mean, hacienda is something specific to what like hacienda is its own thing. There are a lot of parties that have a similar mentality of it, but just when I hear play party, I think I think hacienda embodies that differently than when you say sex party, swinger party. And yeah. So the idea of it's the theme. Sex yeah. is the theme. Sex is. Like the activity, like when you go to board game night, <laughs> board game is like the activity board plan. You also don't have yeah. to play the board game. Like sometimes you someone comes to board up. game and they're hanging out because Hacienda is a house party and sex okay. can happen there. And I, there's spaces where there's no sex happening. So if like, yeah, yeah, because there's some sex parties in the city where or play parties where it's like one big room. Yeah. And if, you know, there's a section where maybe you can go talk to someone, but it, you can sense that you're not having sex because of all the sex happening. At Hacienda, there's like so many spaces you can be in on the first floor, in the backyard, in the hot, like yeah. where there's no sex happening. So you're just at a really sexy looking party. And yeah. then there's like the basement, which is like the biggest of the fuck rooms or the bedrooms, okay. or which are the, you know? So I like the idea of like sex is the theme, but you don't have to be having sex okay. to be at this party. Yeah. Sex is like the the big, <laughs> like the theme, the, the, um, the, the word of the day. It's the word of the day. It's the vibe. <laughs> but you also don't have to be doing it. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if I ever did go to one of these parties, I would go and, like, not indulge in, you know, the the, the bedrooms, right? Mm-hmm. But I would, like, I would want to go to a party and feel powerful in a I, way. I, th- I think so. I think I think you'll feel as powerful as you are prepared to feel. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the power comes with the vibe and, and atmosphere that uh, any party sets. All new people have to attend this like 20, 30 minute consent workshop before the party. If you're mm. new, it's mandatory. You're not If, you, if you've never been here, it doesn't matter if you've been to play parties. If you've yeah. never been here, you yeah. have to watch this thing. What I love about, and they go through you know, sexual health stuff. They go through like the layout of the 
of the party. They go uh, through consent really heavily. They also give you a lot of examples. They'll do some like, here's you know examples of this. Uh, you know, here's how you ask for that. Here's how you read whatever. And huh. so what's cool is we all there's always like thirty to fifty people at the consent workshop. Yeah, and I sometimes go just because like I go early and it's a fun way to meet some new people and. Like you, we all watched each other, each other watch the same thing. So there's no ambiguity yeah. about the rules. Cause I know you know the rules cause I watched you watch the yeah. rules and you watched yeah. me watch the rules. So we're all on the same page. That and so really I think Hacienda does a great job and other communities, but I think Hacienda does a great job of empowering people with no's. Yeah. So, and I think on knowing you can say no and knowing that that no is almost definitely going to be respected, I think that can make you feel powerful. Yeah, I can't respect. Yeah. I can't relate to it, like as a woman, but like that's the thing that I think would puff your chest up a bit. Well, yeah, ex- exactly, and, and just yeah, the the not, you know, I, I think the thing that that I like the sound of from house and the parties is the no expectations, mm. uh, and. The kind of one size will fit all, mm. and, and you show up in whatever way you want to show up. Right. Also, the outfits. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, the outfits are great. I'm at a point where if I can't think of an outfit for the party, I don't even go. Oh really? I'm not trying to get shown up here. So are they all themed? Are they all like uh, aside from sex? But like <laughs> sex, but, sex on the man horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, was was uh, since COVID, like since reopening, Hacienda's kind of like burst out and has a ton of parties. It used to be like one or two parties a month. Now there there were three parties this la- last weekend. It's crazy. Whoa. Um. So Hacienda presents are like the big theme parties. Those are the ones that like Hacienda. Those are their parties, and like there's always a big elaborate theme, and it's all it's fucking great. And those are like the biggest of the parties they host. Then they have a lot of people who like will produce a party at Hacienda. So sometimes those people choose to do a theme, sometimes not. Sometimes the theme is like activity, like like rope share or something. And sometimes they'll just be like, oh, it's spring break. But the the big elaborate themes, those are the once a month Hacienda presents oh. parties. But like Sunday was just brunch. <laughs> brunch. Yeah, there's, there's like just it. a brunch party and they get like a, a good chef. She makes great food. She won chopped one season. Um, yeah, legit shit. And uh, and so it's just a fun afternoon, you know, from two to eight o'clock in the afternoon. Wow, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I, I think I'm just so like, um, like I don't know. I, I'm enamored with how like informational all it is. Like I saw they had one about like trauma and kink, mm-hmm. and like um, I I read the the Eventbrite description. Um, just out of curiosity, and by the end of it, reading it, I thought, I might, I might go to this. Like, <laughs> just it sounds so interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I think putting the information, I just, I think that helps make everything safer because well, yeah. people know what they're doing. If right. you educate your orgy population, now you might have a safer population to play with. You gotta educate that population. You got, if you know what I'm saying, if right? You know it's what I'm a, saying. Educate your good. No, <laughs> but so yeah. I, I think when you see stuff like that, whether it's hit me up, Hacienda, whatever, yeah. when you see a lot of like workshops happening there and education around it and consent yeah. language, I just think that's going to be safer, especially if you're new. Like if you're experienced sure. may, and and 
somebody touching you're comfortable telling someone who's touching you to not touch you versus wanting people to ask first if you're brand new and that's your first experience with group sex i think that could be scary yeah exactly just just you're you're overwhelmed you're in there you're trying to have a good time but you're also having to like advocate Mm -hmm. hard for yourself but and not everyone knows how to do that. Yeah. Which is what I think some of these places like Hacienda do is they like before at the workshop, yeah. one of the exercises they do is they make everyone say, okay, I want you to go find someone new here and I want you to go ask them for something. And then they're going or ask for a hug. They're uh-huh. going to say no. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And you practice both saying no and you practice hearing no. Well, th- and that and that is the thing that because um, like I mentioned, uh, how um, I've been on this journey about asking for what I want, but um, on the other end of that coin was when I began to get into these um kind of more sexual oriented situations, I had to really buckle down and make sure that I was advocating to say no mm-hmm. to to. Stand up and be like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, it can be really hard, kind of when you're when you're unexperienced. I think after a while, you you get into it. You 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 get like, no, (laughs) no, just um. But that was the thing that I quickly, I think, had to get oriented. Where there's okay, well. If you're going to be a sexually oriented person, especially a person in um, in kinky situations or even not whatever, you got to be able to advocate for yourself yeah. and know what your limits are and know what your, I think they call them like hard limits and soft mm-hmm. limits and um I know. The the most vanilla person should still be able to say no, learn how to say no to super vanilla sex Mm -hmm. with someone they don't want to have sex with that night. That's, you know, everyone needs, but we don't teach that. And so when it comes to being on field and and, and being out there in in these streets and years and the year of indulgence is, well, so what does Tina want? What is Tina asking for? You know, uh, um, like Tina, like, I I've always known certain things that I, I was into, but but um I I think right now the the reality that I've come accustomed to is, and I think maybe that's why I brought up the word powerful. Mm. I I want to feel powerful, mm. and um which is hard because how do you feel powerful when you're not a dom, mm-hmm. um and realizing that that there were a lot a lot of kind of what I made you is a lot of nuance and it's mm-hmm. almost it it's it's more a feeling of uh a feeling of just being in control is is almost like how would I would describe it yeah I, I to be reveled mm-hmm. like like I I realized that, you know, um, there were a lot of scenarios that I got kinky feelings from that were not sexual. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, like, um, 
big brother, big kind of not worship, but worship. Just almost kind of like, and this might make no sense, but kind of how like, okay, you know that scene in Labyrinth. Not seen Labyrinth. <laughs> not seen Labyrinth. So sorry. Oh, oh my! I feel like oh that's mandatory God. viewing, okay. like Vermont sixth grade best, weirdos. But it's well, <laughs> best movie ever made. But anyway, okay. um, it, it really is. But um, a lot of that movie is about There's a lot of puppets in it, right? A lot I think of puppets. that's what keeps keeping me from hitting play. Is, you don't like is, puppets? It's not that I don't like puppets. I just keep going. Like everyone says, it's amazing. But like, how could it be amazing with all these puppets? But oh, I, I, you have no I will idea. do it one day. I will. Oh, Billy. I've- oh, Billy. No. <laughs> no. Okay. You take me to a play party. I'll. I'll You'll introduce show me to Labyrinth? Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. A Labyrinth play party. That'd be great. I'm sh- that, is, that has to have happened. Really? And everyone has to bring a puppet. Oh. I feel like that's. <laughs> if it hasn't happened, I will be disappointed in the sex positive community. Because <laughs> they, they love that movie. Because it's kind of gay. It's a, I, I hear it's kind of a gay so movie. So it's not so much a gay. No, no, but like not in plot. Just like I feel like in tonality. Okay, yeah. Because so, Bowie. Well, yeah. It's a very yeah, queer very, vibe. Very, yeah, it's very, very queer. Um, <laughs> so the thing that I like about it, you know, it is this movie where it does have these undertones about kind of coming of age mm-hmm. sexually. Um, I, this is just my interpretation, but um, uh, and and the kind of weirdness of it in that there is this uh young girl and this protagonist who's Bowie and he's got tight pants and he's hot and wears makeup and androgynous and yet he's very seductive, mm. um, and yet you're supposed to be afraid of him. And so right in the middle, there's a scene uh, in a ballroom. It's a standalone scene where, again, nothing nothing at all happens yeah. in it. But they're dancing in a ballroom, and um, she's got this, like, like, amazing kind of white gown on, very, um, uh, very kind of virginal gown. And you can see him in the crowd, and he's dancing with uh, all these other people, and they're all dressed in kind of murky brown colors with these grotesque masks. And he is always giving her the eyes, and okay. he's following her, and just every she, she's overwhelmed by all this, and then looks over at her, and he's looking daggers at her with this like hot kind of and the whole thing is just so sexual Mm -hmm. it's so alluring i think when i saw the scene when i was 19 i was so turned on by it right um and how did i get on this topic i think you were trying to describe (laughs) what you're Um, looking for oh yeah and you were and and you were talking about wanting to feel in control and you want to feel powerful. 
And I, but you said not dominant. So that's, yeah. I'm very curious because I can't tell if it's you want to be submissive, but know that you're in control and powerful in your submission, or if it's some sort of other kind of worshipy vibe. But it's not about like, hey, you sub, come worship me. Just maybe it's maybe rap being ravished. Maybe it's the like just being overwhelmed with being desired. I think being ra- both of those things, I, I think being ravished. It's just so funny because I'm a comedian. You think that like because I I do get attention all the time and mm. all this that I'd be the opposite. I'm like, oh, I want you to step on my face. But I know it's kind of like being ravished and being being overwhelmed with this um, nurturing, mm. um, almost. It sounds like you want to feel you want to be able to feel how hot someone thinks you are without them like necessarily touching you. That's exactly yeah. it. It's a sed- seduction. It sounds like you and desire. I mean, yeah. we all want to be desired. I don't even know if that's a kink. I think it's just I want someone to look at me the way <laughs> Bowie looked at this woman in the white dress. I want someone to Maybe. look at me and I'm like, that person wants to fuck me. Yeah, I can tell that. And he's like 20 feet away. But I can fucking tell he wants me and I want him because those pants are tight. Yeah, 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 it's almost like, or, or like, like in that, in that, um, uh, Michael Jackson song, like, see that girl. Scandal acknowledged, let's be home safe. Watching. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I also want to be tied up. So, okay, there you go. <laughs> Burying the lead there. What are you looking for? There's all this, and we brought up labyrinth and worship. And the, I want to be tied up. It would be. Ropes. Lady wants some ropes. We cracked the code. So easy. <laughs> yeah. Rope top. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a whole a whole off laugh and then <laughs> Um, I feel like dudes if, if dudes only knew like rope tops are so in demand because like so more people want to be tied up yeah. than want to do the tying. Really? So like like I know I could get I could attract a whole different world of people if I just knew, took a weekend and learned the fucking knots. Uh-huh. Because like yeah. so many people want to be tied up and I'm just like, oh, that seems like work. I don't want to do homework. I, this. <laughs> I did get tied up, not for a sexual thing, but. Um, you were kidnapped when you were a child. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, that, that story again, Tina. No, uh, well, it was um, it was it was Shabari, so it, okay. it was, but it was not like um, it it was more for like um, a uh, uh, a photo shoot that um, they um, but I was not the model; I was the stand-in. Uh, you wait, you were the stand-in in a Shabari photo shoot. Yeah, what does that mean? It means that um, the. That day the model um, couldn't come suddenly. This is like when Josh Gad can't like show up to do Gutenberg and the understudy's got to jump in. Oh, yeah. And then, then uh, <laughs> Russell has to jump in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of. Well, well, because the like model. Like you said, Russell, and we both know that we're talking about the downside with John Mark. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to that the other I day. I saw that he was on your podcast. So funny! I love John. <laughs> so wait, um, so like the model couldn't show up, so you end up being the model. Yeah, basically, because the model couldn't show up, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and but the the Shabari artist, the rope tire, yeah, 
was on his way. Um, and the photographer was there, and so basically, I was just kind of there. Um, and, um, they were like, well, we might practice kind of the lighting and the, okay. and the tying. And, and, um, I, so I, I got like tied up pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and actually hung. So I was like, um, in this like spider web of, um, rope, rope. And yeah. it, it wasn't like did you get suspended yeah that's yeah i want to get suspended so bad it was really it wasn't sex it was just really fun yeah it was like a it can also be sensual even though it's not sexual yeah. right the, the hands are on your body and it's not sexual but like you're feeling if things it, feeling it was very much like that if it was a sensation that like the whole time it was just Oh, something something's happening here that mm. I don't understand, but it, it, it's so foreign. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's really good. So what what is Tina Frimmel looking for in dating now? In date. How wait just yeah. for the context, how long ago was the breakup? Oh, like a month ago. A month oh my yeah. god, fresh. For what? You didn't cry once during this thing. Congratulations. <laughs> Mine was like a year and a half ago. I'm still crying like half the month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I still have my moments, but um but yeah, you know, it's um like I say every day is just a little, a little bit easier, better, I yeah. think. So um, then are you trying to go out and date yet or or are you just no, thinking about it? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And what what are we thinking about? What do we want? Who are we looking for? What qualities do we want? You know, uh, I'm thinking now um, about monogamy. Um, I'm realizing that monogamy is something that I I need. You know, it it really does feel nice to know that Mm -hmm. and to say it confidently. Um, And, but... You know, I think more more than that. Like, I I'm just really realizing kind of what what I view love as, mm. and what I view as the core foundations of a relationship. For me, a core foundationship is built on the joy. It's built on the fun, mm. the moment to moment, good times. Ultimately, it should be a friendship that blossoms into more than that, I guess. Um, And and yeah, another kind of aspect that I I explored a lot in my past relationship was uh, traditional values. Such as sex parties, apparently? (laughs) I know uh, you and Shibari. you and Very every, traditional. you and every other and person Jesus. in my life was like, wait, traditional values and what? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, no, I don't understand it either. But <laughs> so it goes. But um, ba- basically, what I you know I grew up with um. Not a not in a conservative or or strictly traditional household. Actually, a very liberal household, and yet 
my parents definitely had had roles okay uh in the relationship and and um my mom had some serious strengths where my dad didn't and mm. my dad had strengths where she didn't and it was and it and it came out in kind of the way that the unit ran mm. um and and the way that kind of the household ran and I, I'm realizing, you know, I, I grew up kind of associating that so hard with 1950s. Mm. I don't want to be a housewife. I don't want to, you know, be the, the wife. Right. Um, and really kind of one, one of the more valuable things that I learned from my past relationship was that no, it's actually it's okay to kind of want um, certain characteristics from a man mm. that that you know being a protector, being a provider, mm-hmm. like, um, and and yet being equal mm-hmm. to to him, and um, well, the being equal to him thing's not super traditional. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Like so, that's almost. I almost feel like I kind of need to find different language because. Is it? Are you looking for the? Is it like a traditional masculinity? Is that more what you're looking for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that and that was the thing that I think I, I you realized. You want one of these Bushwick soft boys? That <laughs> yeah. No, I the oh the Bushwick soft. You you don't want to be in a Stephen Rogers Caitlin Palufo situation. Nah. <laughs> Where she's carrying yeah. the cooler. Oh, <laughs> she's just, holding it down. I'm just quoting a Tonight Show set from four years ago. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> really, I love them. I think they're great. I think they're a great couple. But she's yeah. also, but she is the, oh, she's, ah, she's, yeah. the beast. She's the beast. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it, it kind of like, um, there were a lot of, of qualities Um that I found him in my past partner that I just loved. Uh, I love that rugged, mm-hmm. and they, and they were things that perhaps I think to get back to the point of I never allowed myself to think about things like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was allowed to as a disabled person, but just like. I like rugged men, yeah. you know. I like I like, you know, broad, kind of protective men. Yeah, I like men. You like men. You, <laughs> you want a guy who can bring you up I and like, down, the, carry you up and yeah, down the stairs. Exactly. The when you yeah. said that, I was like, ooh, right? Like, you I'm get not, a little tingle. You're just like, this is hot. I, I'm not. I'm not even in a wheelchair. But a like, wheelchair, fucking bring me. But, he's mean, like, I can, I can handle the stairs, but please carry me. Please, <laughs> no. I mean, the, and and that that really is kind of like if a guy was like, can I carry you? That would be a big mm. yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just almost. Kind of like the, uh, yeah. It's it, it seems weird, and I hear other people hear this too. It's like almost like a a guilt of wanting that in um in this modern society where we're saying yeah. men and women can be whatever they want to be. But there's some people who still want that intellectually. They go, I know men can be anything, but for some women, it's still. But I do want this type of man. Exactly. Exactly. And I I feel. Do you feel like? 
guilty saying that? A little bit guilty. Yeah, it, it, I really. Do. I mean, I know the soft boys cry easily, so like I get it. You're like, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but like I want to take care of you, not fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you're right. It's kind of like that. That oh, it's too obvious. It's uh-huh. too um, in line with you know tradition mm-hmm. and and. Um, and I, I think also because I'm a very career oriented. So you're gonna say yeah. Virgo, and I was about to roll my eyes oh my so God, hard. Oh my God, no, I, <laughs> I I'm like, not. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, she's one of those. Okay. She's like, you're about to end the podcast right here, right now. I'm like, oh, you know, let's just do plugs. Uh, you know, where can they find your astrology shit? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have like my own astrology like Tumblr blog. Where they can buy your uh, disabled tarot cards. Is- <laughs> Ooh. That's a theme. It's not a bad idea. You're like, I, I don't I don't believe in these things, but I do like making money. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Push, push it no matter what. The the three cups, but uh, you know, the guy holding his ups in his wheelchair holding Either, the three cups. Yeah. No, Ooh, it's inclusive. Not? It's the only card I know. The stars are disabled. The stars are disabled. Uh sorry, but no, you were saying but, so because you're career yeah, oriented. I I oh yeah. Because you're, you're you're a tour and headline you're a headliner, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I yeah, and uh, very very career oriented. Very, um, I I run my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am my own boss. I, you know, and my life is kind of my work. Right. And um, and I think because I, I don't know, I I think it might make it a little bit hard though to to kind of find a very masculine holding it down kind of man that's okay with me being on the road to, I you need know. you want it sounds like you want masculine but not traditional because the traditional yeah. guy goes well like I'm the provider and only on the provider or like it's nice if you want to have your little like shop on sundays that you run but it's like i'm the guy it's like i'm the headliner in in this relationship um and that like it would be weird for you to like be kicking ass on the road on your own and whatever like it sounds like you want masculinity with maybe without like the toxicity yeah uh, someone that's very very secure in themselves that like they don't have to be the Breadwinner, they don't have to be the one making the most money, yeah. doing the most work. A secure masculine middle. A secure masculine SMM. Someone who does not masculine. feel weird about middling for you, type of energy, <laughs> right? Like that yeah. kind of. Be like, no, that's okay. Yeah, no, of course she's the headliner. <laughs> yeah, no. But I installed the fucking TV at home. Yeah. I mounted that. Yeah. Uh, I found nice a stud, that. whatever a stud is. And, uh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you speak my way. And then, yeah, he, he kind of lets me, lets me kind of run the world. And then, and then uh, he takes me home and, and he, he shoves, rails, rails the shit out of you. Yeah. He rails you into a new disability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he just he, he takes care of me. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Taking care looks all sorts of different ways. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like maybe you're taking care of the bills, but it's like I fixed the toilet. Yeah. Well, I and can that's do that. the thing. I'm a man. I'm not a handyman person. I, I like <laughs> and and there's so much I need to 
You're I'll like, Billy, it. me trying to keep the screwdriver in that small space for too long. <laughs> Is, uh, <laughs> I can't do it. You think I can pound a nail into the wall, get ready to have holes Yeah, new walls. <laughs> it's like, I don't exactly. got a lot of torque in these wrists. No, 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 no. Yeah. I got to keep my body mm. pristine for these audience. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, and are you going to stay, are you going to, when you get back into the real swing of it, are you going to use field still, you think? Or? I don't know. Okay. I, you know, because. Being monogamous on field, like. You're allowed to. Yeah. It's just every time I come across a profile and she says like monogamous, I go like, interesting that you're here. That's kind of why. You have every other app is for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of why I'm, I'm, um, field might be a fun thing I do. Yeah. In the in between. I'm going to so, fuck on field and then I'm going to find, yeah. uh, my boyfriend um, elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, or, or just kind of me. Yeah. It just, have fun, make people have good parties in, in the in between things, um, and and then yeah, ultimately, well, I've I've never been one for any kind of apps. Okay. Uh, like I um, I know I I think that the way that I kind of meet people and I find people who uh get to become romantically interested in me is they know me for yeah. a while, um. And uh, I just, you know, it's, I don't know where I'll find them. I'll find them in a, in a co-op okay. somewhere. <laughs> um, that's fair enough. This is an interesting one because um, it comes up with the comics a lot is what's your stance on dating comedians? Because I know some comics are like no comics and some are like, I will only date comics. Uh, com- being a comedian is a huge red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Is um no I I would never no I I made that um it was uh about five years ago I was the roommate the roommate of a very bad breakup between two comics okay they were two comics they and they lived together did they I, have credits though no okay it doesn't matter Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was back in Vermont but um. And I was women, and I saw, you know, the breakup. I saw everything. Mm. And the breakup wasn't sim- because they were comics. However, you know, I, I-, I could see the dynamics that-, that elevated the tension when they're both comedians or working just generally in the same field. I want someone that I can come home to and talk about, like, an amazing uh, offer that I just got or or something and not ever have to worry about them being happy for me but feeling bad about it. Worried about the the kind of competitive nature of... Competitive nature. Oh, well, you got that. She got that. He got this gig. You know, you got booked on that. You don't want to have to... Deal with the differences of that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I think just... That comes back actually to the idea of, like, being with someone who's secure enough for you to be out there kicking ass, like, as uh, the feminine half of this relationship. But also, like, in, in theory, if it were, like, two comics, it's someone who yeah. can be happy for you without being butthurt that they didn't get it. Yeah, my win does not mean anything about them. Yeah. Except for a win for them, like, hell yeah. 
my lady is out there killing it. Right. And we are not known as being a, a confident group of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, maybe it's that to just whatever led you to comedy. Mm-hmm. That's. Well, <laughs> well, when you're ready for him, I do hope you come across that that person who, who can bring you all of that. Yeah. And in the meantime, I hope you get to have all the fun oh. uh, that you have, all the indulgence. All the indulgence. I love I love that word for for this, just indulgence. I think that is a perfect word. As the Gen Z would say, oh, I mean, my indulgence era. Indulgence era. Era indulgence exactly. era. Exactly. Uh, Tina, thanks. This was awesome. I mean, we went long in that, but I feel like I could keep going forever. Um, oh, yeah. I will not. I will not make you. Uh, where can, for now, people go to, you know, find you and follow you, check out your stuff? So yeah. You, on the, uh, you still got tour dates? Uh, well, yeah. I'm actually just now about to announce my 2024 uh, spring tour. Exciting. So January through uh, March, I've got a ton of dates. Great. On the road all over the country um, and Canada. And um, uh, I can be found on Instagram and uh, TikTok at just my name, Tina, Tina Frimmel. F-R-I-M-L. There's yeah. no, 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 no vowel vowels, in between. No vowels. No I'm oh, sure there's a like story of where that vowel got lost uh, in, in your family history. <laughs> it's, but, uh, it's somewhere but, <laughs> in the Czech Republic. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, that place where like none of the letters seem to make sense together. Yep, um, yep. A C and a Z, why not? Why not, uh, baby? So, Tina Frimmel, no E anywhere in that. <clears throat> and uh, they can find tour dates on website? On, yep, on Instagram, okay. um, on... Yeah, I would say Instagram. I I have a, a website, but what websites are kind of obsolete now. Ah, uh, no, I think I no, I, I challenge. I I heard this yesterday on really? a podcast, and I challenge. I say I think just people are getting lazier and being like, I'd rather because no one like yeah. knows how to make a website. I'm still trying to figure out Squarespace. They said it was fucking intuitive. It's fucking not. Yeah. Um, I can't. Fig- I'm, I try to drag something. And they say go fuck yourself, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I pay. I pay how much a month for you? Tell me that. Anyways, so I think. Like link trees have made it like, well, here are all my links. Sure. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think they're still signed to a website and having like an about and being able to have information, um, being able to sell merch easier. Yep. Yep. You know, but, uh, but, yeah. but right. you know, it, the, the, we're in the era of Lincoln bio. Lincoln bio. I, it's fine. Lincoln bio. It's fine. We're so deep in the Lincoln bio era that I, I've heard that algorithms now don't post things that have Lincoln bio. I would imagine. Well, thanks for chatting with us. And, yeah. uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everyone. Oh, wait, sorry, I, I need to do a, That was weird. You didn't like that one? I thought it was no. good, but you can try again. Good, goodbye, everybody. That was like the more sultry one. Yeah, she got her shoulders one. involved with it. I, I shimmied. I like shimmied a saucy a aunt oh. at a family reunion. Be like, hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro. Have you tried Goodbye. the dip? Hey, it's like you're my aunt. Have a little dip. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't. Don't go to your next podcast just yet. There's more Tina coming up. I'm going to play a teaser from her bonus episode right just in just a few moments. You're going to hear more of me with Tina Frimmel. Uh, but first, real quick, wow. Wow, what a great episode. Had so much fun with Tina. Truly, we, we hung out for like a couple hours. Then it was like, we should be talking. Yeah, that's uh, we got coffee like a few days later. Talked for a few hours more. I don't know. It's, I felt like it could have kept going. I don't know. She's really cool to talk to. What did you think? I want to know your thoughts. Share them 
in the champagne room. The champagne room is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. And there is an episode discussion channel where you can drop your thoughts on this week's show. You can also email me directly at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Speaking of champagne room, our hot movie night was so much fun. Shout out to everyone who came out there. Uh, uh, we, we watched The Seduction of Lynn Carter. Uh, got uncomfy at times, but uh, definitely some of the hottest uh, sex angle shots I think we've seen in months. Wow. Just really, I, I love watching porn with my Patreon members every month. It's it's become one of my new favorite Patreon rewards to offer. And uh, it's because of y'all showing up in such great numbers that it's such a good time. If you're a Patreon member and you're hearing this and you haven't come out to Hot Movie Night, I mean, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go make sure you've joined the Champagne Room and join us next month. And yes, I got to say again, Patreon, it's the best way you can support me and the work that I'm doing with the Man Whore Podcast. Membership starts at just $2 a month. You get a discount for signing up for an annual membership, and you get a whole slew of great rewards, including access to over 300 bonus episodes. And you can become a member today at patreon.com slash Podcast, or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Uh, now, enjoy this little teaser clip of me with Tina Frimmel, uh, our bonus episode that's coming out tomorrow. Only go to glory holes if you're just, if you're really feeling it. You know, don't, you don't want to go just because you're like, eh, I guess it's just, you're going to feel silly. You're going to feel flaccid and it's not fun for anybody while you try to sneak out her house without getting caught by a family member. Stay slutty. What happened was that I free fell for like nine months. I couldn't find any job. Mm. Um, and um, like I, I got hired at like a, uh, a thrift shop and I got fired like a, a week later because I could I can't remember. I couldn't count money fast enough or something okay. crazy. And it was just the world felt like pounding down on me, and on a whim, um, because around that time I happened to get really into British comedy mm-hmm. and panel shows, and um, I it it got that seeded me and kind of on a whim in an act of almost desperation to do something. Yeah. I enrolled in a six-week stand-up comedy course at the Vermont Comedy Club, um, and um, which was great. And I actually, I was so embarrassed that I was trying stand-up that I actually told my friends and family that I signed up for a stand-up comedy history course about learning about stand-up. Sure. Yeah, like it, it, the only thing more bizarre than paying to learn how to do stand up is learning to paying to learn the history of stand up. Yeah, and we could just I, buy a Cliff Nestroff book. <laughs> I know. I just. I. I know. I just. I. I felt too mm. um, embarrassed to admit that I was trying stand up comedy.